You're listening to The Other Connor Podcast, a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your host, Connor Halley. Hello, Oilers fans. Thank you once again for tuning in to The Other Connor Podcast, a part of the Hockey Podcast Network, as always brought to you by DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports and with DraftKings, every day can be payday by entering their contest with huge cash prizes up for grabs this week. It's jam-packed with action ranging from golf to basketball, and DraftKings has plenty of ways for you to have a front row seat to all of them. Making a lineup on DraftKings adds excitement to every night, and it's simple to do. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with DraftKings lineups on the line. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to users across all sports. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there is no better place to get in on all the action. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. My name is Connor Halley. I host this podcast. You can give me a follow on Twitter at Connor Halley. And uh, let's talk about these Edmonton Oilers. And Monday night... There were some good things from the game. There were some bad things from the game. And a lot of learning lessons, I think, along the way. Of course, they fall to the Winnipeg Jets 6-5 to five in this one. And for Mike Smith, probably what we might have expected eventually down the road. Obviously, he had two real strong starts in his last two. But against the Winnipeg Jets, just couldn't make that save when he needed it. And I don't want to put all the blame on Mike Smith because... I think the Oilers in front of them weren't playing their best offensive hockey, but when that happens, I mean, the goalie's going to take a lot of the blame, and he did. He was pulled, and Mikko Koskinen put in there. The Oilers would tie it up, but unfortunately, they just couldn't get out of that hole that they put themselves in. They lose 6-5, to and they will meet again with the Winnipeg Jets on Wednesday. Puck drop just after 8 o'clock in that one. For the Oilers, though, I thought there were some positives. Like I said, Alex Chason scoring two goals. Uh, that's a guy who they need to contribute a little bit more, so good for him to find that scoring touch. You hope that that can continue. The way the bottom six has been playing as of late, you assume someone's going to find that touch and keep it going because they've been playing great. Ryan Nugent Hopkins had a couple goals. Carter McDavid was flying. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl on the stat sheet, at least, not his strongest performance. No goals, no assists, no points, obviously, only one shot. And in a game where Connor Hellebuck gives up five goals, I personally would like to see Leon Dreisettle get a few more pucks on net. I mean, he's one of the best in the league. you got to think he could try to find a way to get one past the reigning Vezna Trophy winner, but it's one game. You can't get too ticked off about it, even if you had money on it like I did myself. That's actually the only reason I bring it up. Uh, tough game for Leon Dreisettle, of course, but... The good news, like I said, these two teams meet again on Wednesday, a chance at revenge, and you've got to think if the Oilers can get some better goaltending, that's a game that, you know, they can find a way to take the win. Tonight on the show, we're going to be joined by former NHLer Jason Strudwick. He, of course, was down at the game on Monday night. You could have seen him at the intermissions. He shared some stories of Joey Moss. Of course, they did their 50-50 draw tonight, raising money for various charities that meant a lot to Joey Moss. So very good on the Edmonton Oilers to do that and raise a lot of money. We'll talk to Strud's about that, as well as his thoughts on the game and the team going forward. And You know, to be honest, we all know Strud's a huge fan of William Legison. So after the injury that was suffered by Willie, we're going to see how Strud's is doing. We're also going to talk to Jeffrey Ulrich 
of DraftKings Nation. You can give him a follow on Twitter at the Fantasy Grind. I know last week he told everyone to go for Evan Bouchard. He said that's a great buy in daily fantasy hockey. The next game he scored a goal. He had a couple assists against the Winnipeg Jets on Monday. So you definitely want to tune into Jeffrey Ulrich and hear what he's got to say. He just wants to help you win money on DraftKings. That's all he wants to do in life. We'll hear from him later on in the podcast. But we're going to start things off with someone who I worked with for a long time at TSN 1260. He was the host of Sports Night with Dean Millard. He also worked on the pre- and post-game shows for the Oilers. He's now running Podcast Alley. He's got the Cannabis 101 podcast tracking the draft with Craig Button of TSN. He's got Fantasy Hockey Time. You can give him a follow on Twitter at Duck Millard. My good friend Dean Millard joins us. Dino, how you doing? I am uh, excellent, Connor. Uh, tonight was uh, one of the more entertaining nights to be a hockey fan. Uh, you know, maybe not so much a Leafs or an Oilers fan as they, uh, you know, the Leafs blew the big lead and the Oilers couldn't complete the comeback. But you know, every game watching tonight, the Tampa Florida game was was crazy. So it it was a fun night, and it's a privilege and an honor to be on with you. We had a lot of. Fun, fun times uh, on the airwaves when we were what, one of four people in the building and we could do whatever we wanted. <laughs> I was just thinking about that because we're actually going to have Jason Strudwick on the podcast as well. So the two guys that I did most of my post-game coverage with will be hopping on the podcast to recap the game on Monday evening. Obviously, we'll talk about the team this season, but you think back to those nights, like it was a lot of fun, but I also remember coming into the building at, you know, 9 o'clock, 9.30 on a Saturday night in December, minus 40, and just hating my life. Like, why do we do this? Like, yeah, was... There were some nights that, I, and it's funny, I was just talking to, to my wife, Trish, uh, who you obviously know very well, the, the other day about, uh, there was a game, and I was I was so tired in the afternoon, and I said, you know, like in my other life, I would be like heading off to the station on this Saturday afternoon. I'm so tired and so cold. And, you know, I, I, I didn't like losing my job. But uh, for that particular night, I was pretty happy that I was staying home to watch the game. And if I fell asleep during it, it didn't matter because it was 40 below. And uh, I did not want to be trudging off to a studio like we had to. But anyway, we did have fun and we made the most of it. Yeah, and I mean, I shouldn't really complain because you would have to come in for the pregame show show watch the game then do post game for the most part i was only in there for post game so saturday nights you know if it was that late game i could roll in towards the end of the third period knock off that hour and and take off but man you you put in your time for sure did a great job and uh definitely miss working with you dino so i was really glad to get you on here to talk about the edmonton oilers this year and we'll start off with monday night's game you mentioned it 11 goals scored in this game, and uh, maybe not the start for Mike Smith, you played a lot of goalie in your time, Dino. When he gets that pull, is it almost relief? Like, these guys are doing nothing for me. Get me out of here. Um, maybe there's a little bit of that. Mostly he's just pissed off that, uh, he, you know, he, he didn't get a lot of help, but he didn't help out his teammates. It's uh, You know, tonight was a situation where, that first power play goal, I don't think there's a lot of goalies that are going to stop it, and and then there's a tip, but the third goal, uh, obviously, every goalie in the NHL should stop, and even the fourth goal, you know, he's a little bit back in his crease, so I think when Mike Smith looks at it, he's going to say, yeah, this was on uh, me a little bit as much as it was on them. Now, you know, like... there's a ton of turnovers, and, and I, like this team should be sponsored by turnovers because we've been talking about this 
for 10 years with this hockey team. It's a, it's a turnover city sometimes. And, you know, not just the Cahoon one tonight. Uh, there was, there were several that led to goals or, or chances, but in the, at the end of the game, at the end of the day, rather, you have to get at least one stop. Mike Smith had to stop at least one of those four. So he's going to be, uh, you know, as much mad at himself as he should be with his teammates. And, you know, I, I don't know what it was, if it was that, uh, that, that generated that uh, crazy comeback with them or, or, or if they just looked themselves in the mirror and said, oh, we got to do, we got to just be better. But um, it was, it was uh, I, the two things that plagued the Oilers tonight were, was Mike Smith and, uh, you know, the, the turnovers in front of him. I think it kind of boiled down to that pretty easily. Do you know, when, when you look at Miko Koskinen and kind of what he's been able to do and then, you know, what we've seen with Mike Smith throughout his NHL career, are you are you a believer in these guys? Like, yeah, I mean, maybe they're good enough to get you into the playoffs, but can they get you on a significant run deep into the playoffs? No, I, I don't believe it. I don't think uh, I don't think either of these guys, and it's funny, me and my buddies were just talking about 06 tonight and the six weeks that Dwayne Rollison delivered might have been the best goaltending that this team has had. And, you know, they, have they had anywhere near? They haven't had anywhere near no. their goaltending since that 2006 six-week run. So I'm not confident in these guys at all. I, you know, it, it, Honestly, when you look at the entire Canadian division, out, you take Ottawa out of the equation. You're not taking any teams. Uh, you're not taking the Oilers goaltending over any team, are you? Like, are you looking at any other Canadian team not named Ottawa and say the Oilers goaltending is better than theirs? I don't think so at all. I think clearly, other than the, you know what's happening in Ottawa, they have the the um, the weakest tandem uh, in the in the Canadian division. So I I, I don't know what. Uh, this team is is going to do, but uh, I, I don't uh, see these two guys carrying them. I'd love to be wrong because I'd love for this city to have something to celebrate, but I just don't see it. I don't see these guys. You know, they, we might see them get hot for uh, you know three four week stretch, but I don't think this either of these guys can carry this team uh, you know onto a playoff run. You do the podcast tracking the draft with Craig Button of TSN, a former NHL GM. When you look at the guys that the Oilers have in the system. Do you believe that any of them can be that guy, or do you do you think this is a situation where, you know, you, you keep on drafting and hoping, or is it free agency and you have to go out and pay that goalie? Well, I, yeah, I, I certainly I don't see anybody in the Oilers. You know, we we've seen guys like Starrett and Skinner look decent at the AHL level, but it's really hard to gauge anybody uh, in the system when nobody has been playing right now. You know, you can look back on, you know, that really great run that they had in Bakersfield where I think it was 19 game winning streak and and things like that, but it's hard to to depend on anybody in your system when your system has been shut down because of COVID. So I think they're going to, you know, if you're looking at next year or this year at the trade deadline, it's obviously going to have to be, you have to go out unless you, you trade for a, a prospect, which I wouldn't make any sense really. Um, if you're trying to win right now. So it, for me, it's either trading, making a trade at the deadline or going out and signing a guy in, in free agency to come in and anchor this team. And, you know, from all accounts, Ken Holland made pitches to goaltenders in the offseason, but just couldn't land it. I think he did a pretty decent job with some of the guys he did bring in. But I think that's, that has to be number one on his priority list is getting a goaltender. You know, if Oscar Clefbaum somehow returns, this defense is looking pretty good with a lot of guys pushing to get in the lineup. And we haven't even seen Philip Broberg in North America in an Oilers uniform really yet. So there's a lot of excitement on the blue line, but they aren't going anywhere, Connor, without the right goaltending. 
Yeah, and I agree with you. I, right now, I, I don't have the confidence. I mean, maybe you can get, you know, make the playoffs, win around, but sure. the extended run, you're not going to have that guy who can do it night in, night out. And I agree 100%. You look at the other goalies in this North Division. I mean, it, it's stacked. And then there's the Oilers, who just kind of you, you hope for the best and hope that one guy can get hot for a couple games consecutively, and inevitably they'll probably struggle, and that might cost them a game. Uh, I want to ask you about the defense because you know you did bring it up there, and Darnell Nurse obviously he gets into the fight in this game. Then uh, the the Kyler Yamamoto goal, uh, the patience on the line to kind of wait for that shooting lane to open up and then get the shot through. If I were to ask you maybe three or four years ago, what Darnell Nurse could turn into, would you have thought he could be a player that we've seen this year so far? You know, it's it's so interesting because uh, the, the, when I was on uh, TSN 1260, I asked that about Craig Button uh, as he would join us, I think it was on Tuesdays, and, and I asked that very question, is can Darnell Nurse turn into an offensive player? Because this was when Clefbaum was out again, and Nurse was playing all the minutes on the power. His minutes were going crazy, and 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 I didn't. I I thought he's a great skater. Maybe there's a possibility. I didn't have a lot of confidence. I asked Craig. He didn't think it was uh, going to do this. And and now I, you know, I I I didn't see. I, I to answer your question, no, I did not see. Um, you know, I always saw. I didn't see the this the statistics coming, but I always saw Darnell Nurse willing to jump into the play. And at times, I thought maybe a little too much. Um, but he's he is he's doing it. He's seeing an opening with no Oscar Clefbaum, uh, as he did in past years, and he's taking advantage of it. So I love it. Um, you know, I, I think Darnell Nurse. I didn't ever think he could be a true number one defenseman because to be a true number one defenseman, in my opinion, you have to be able to not only put up points, but you have to be able to shut down the other teams. Uh, top players, and you play on the power play and you play on the penalty kill. You play in every situation as a number one defenseman. And I thought Darnell Nurse could be the shutdown guy for sure. He's strong, physical, um, and I, I just didn't see this this actual point production coming. So I'm pleasantly surprised. We saw uh, you know uh, glimpses of it when uh, he was playing all those minutes a couple of years ago when uh, you know Hitch and, and company were running the team. Um, but I didn't think he could be able to sustain it. I thought it was maybe just because he was filling in for Clefbaum. But I'm pleasantly surprised by him, for sure. Absolutely. And I mean, like you said, I think we both thought the guy that, yeah, he can play pretty solid defense, obviously drops the mitts if he has to. We saw him do that tonight. But that offensive production, like right now, it seems like he can't do anything wrong when he's getting pucks on net. Good things just continually happen. So good for Darnell Nurse. And uh, yeah, great to see him step up with the injury to Oscar Clefbaum. I want to ask you about William Legison. He goes down in the game, doesn't return. Do you think it's as simple as just putting Ethan Bear back in, in that spot and kind of hope it just continues to roll smoothly? For those guys, yeah, I, I think if he, I, I think what I read was Ethan Bears getting pretty close to return. I, I really like William Lagason. You know, it's funny the guy we just talked about in uh, twenty fifth, uh, Darnell Nurse was on that great twenty fifteen World Junior team uh, that McDavid was also a part of, and that was the twenty fifteen World Juniors in Toronto and Montreal. I was there, and as much as you know, that's when Pujarvi was also very good, so a lot of Oiler. Uh, <laughs> Oiler talk at that tournament, but the guy I really liked, um, and and he wasn't was William Lagason. You know, McDavid was getting points, and you know everybody was like focused on that. But I, I love 
loved watching Sweden and watching this guy then. I, lo- I thought, man, this is a guy who takes no crap. Like, he isn't afraid to tattoo his stick brand on your back in front of the net or in the corner. He was hard. He was tough. Now, this was at the junior level, and he was a bigger guy. But it reminded me, I'm like, this is like a, a meaner kind of Adam Larson a little bit. Maybe not as uh, skilled, uh, high-end skilled, but he's got that uh, toughness. And reminded me a little bit of Kevin Lowe. Uh, I'll be honest, when I saw him at that World Juniors, just because he was so um, just just vicious uh, in front of the net or in the corner. So I really, really got to like him then. And I really liked what, what I've seen from him, um, you know, as an oiler in, in short time. So it's, um, it's, I hope he's okay because I really want him to succeed. But if Bear is healthy, you've got to get him back in the lineup. And I know there's a lot of people clamoring for Caleb Jones, but I love Dave Tippett's quote today about everybody was worried about Bouchard before. Now he's in the lineup. Now it's like the next guy that they're worried about. And, you know, there's only so many spots that Dave Tippett has to put defensemen in so um, you know I, I think they did okay job with uh, Evan Bouchard uh, from what we've seen from taking their time with him a little bit and I'm really probably not going to question a whole lot of Dave Tippett's moves I think he's done a pretty good job I didn't see um, when I unfortunately I was uh, sleeping for about a week and a half uh, when the NHL started because I was down with pneumonia so I didn't see the first three games that uh, Jones played so I can't really reference uh, how good or bad he was from the eye test but Lagason out. If Bear is fine, he's got to get back into the game anyway, uh, whether, whether or not. So, But I did like that pairing between Lagason and, and uh, Adam Larson. I think Adam Larson really helped to settle down uh, William Lagason. And I think the Oilers, uh, obviously, I think they have a bright future with Jones, Bear, Lagason, Bouchard, uh, Broberg. Uh, like it's, it's really exciting times for those guys. And you know whether they all make it into the list lineup or not, I doubt. Uh, so maybe some of them are used at the deadline to improve this team. It's funny. I mean, you've obviously covered the scene for a long time with Global and TSN. Like, when was the last time the Oilers could suffer an injury and just throw somebody in there and you're not really panicked about it? Like, th- this is such a luxury for this team to have. And like you say, I mean, down the road, down to when you get closer to the trade deadline, you can make a move here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it gives Ken Holland a lot of uh, kind of chips at the the deadline, and as you said, um, or or it gives you depth. If, you know, if the Oilers are in a position where their blue line is is really good, you keep some of these guys. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be crazy about trading Philip Roberg. Uh, you know, if all the all the guys that we've talked about, I think he's going to end up being the best. So I'd be a little bit leery about trading him. Um, but it, you know, if, it depends on the, what the package is, right? So you, you know, I never thought that uh, um, you know some of the trades that the Oilers made uh, in different times were going to happen. And uh, if if the right player comes along that you really think is going to be able to help you put you over the edge, and obviously Ken Holland has experience with that, um, you know, in a pre-cap era, but he has, definitely has experience in uh, bringing in. Um, you know, trade pieces and, and, you know, for, for a Detroit team that let everybody kind of take their time. Um, I think, I think I would have a lot of confidence with Ken Holland going into a trade deadline situation with some of these players and prospects available to, to be able to deal or even some of the guys that are on the current roster. Adina, we give the top six a lot of love, but from what the bottom six has done up front for the last few games here, I mean, do you think Dave Tippett deserves a lot of credit for the patience he's had and just kind of rotating guys around till he finds a sweet spot? Because the last few games, they've been outstanding. Chase on with two goals tonight. We've seen Kara play better. Ennis looks better. Like, how much credit do you give to Dave Tippett for being patient and finding out uh, what combination works best? Yeah, I, I think Dave Tippett should get a lot of credit right now, especially with, you know, it, it's uh, it's all about kind of pushing the right buttons and, you know, 
whether you know, and your your other guest, uh, Jason Strudwick, obviously has uh, you know better uh, knowledge to what you know the conversation might happen on the ice at practice or something. Where where you know Tippett is just maybe encouraging, maybe he's taking the right approach. I, I don't really know. I'm not around the practices anymore. Not that the, a whole lot of people are, but he does deserve a lot of credit uh, for for bringing different guys in. Like you know, did did didn't most people think Jujar Kyra was not going to be in this lineup again, and then Dave Tippett throws him in. In there and you know listen we have seen this Jujar Kyra movie a lot where he is not in the lineup then he gets in and he's really effective for a while and then why does he get out of the lineup because he tails off he's not consistent enough that is the you know and, and listen that's not just Jujar Kyra that's probably a lot of players that you know get a taste of the NHL right Connor or any professional sport like there's the guys that play the 17 18 years and then there's the guys that play the the four or five years or the three years because consistency so that's hopefully that would be something that uh, JJ could could uh, get over and, and finally accomplish uh, because he does have you know the the size and uh, he's uh, has the he likes to do the dirty work and you know can put the puck in the net every once in a while and then you know Alex Chason I saw a funny tweet that said Alex Chason is going to be on Connor McDavid's line by the third <laughs> period because he was starting to score so I, I, I just I think it's so important uh, the what's the big thing that the Oilers get knocked for being a two person team well you, you can't certainly say that about the last little while and you know that's not going to you're not going to get a goal from your bottom six every night and it'd be nice but you know if you can get uh, production out of them you know 80% of the time then you're you're going to be a much better hockey club you, you can't ex- I don't think you can expect production out of them all the time that's what you expect from your top six but what we've seen lately has been certainly encouraging, and I think, as you mentioned, the coaching staff, especially Dave Tippett, deserves some credit for that. Now, Dino, I might be a little bit more critical because I did place money on this certain player to get more than two and a half shots. He finishes with one. Is it fair to be critical of Leon Dreisaitl in a game where he only gets one shot, Connor Hellebuck gives up five goals? Seems like they were leaking tonight. I mean, obviously he means so much to this team and does so much. Is it fair to be critical of the big German after that one? Well, you should be, yes, because you lost money on it. Uh, but no, I'm not. I'm I'm not going to be too critical because uh, people take uh, you know turns being the superstar. But you certainly should be uh, critical of it. Uh, I bet uh, against the shutout tonight. Uh, you know, in my own betting little ring that I have. So. Uh, that was good to see that uh, that I that I won that bet betting against the shutout. You knew exactly what you were doing when you tweeted out that Mike Smith has a shutout, and he promptly let in four goals on eleven shots. But I wasn't even going to bring that up here. Do you know? I know our 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 discussion, our debate with that goes back a long time. I really appreciate you hopping on the podcast here, and you've got a lot going on now. Podcast Alley, you've got the Cannabis One Hundred One podcast tracking the draft. You've got Fantasy Hockey Time. Where can we find these? You can find it all at uh, podcastalley.ca. Uh, we've got a YouTube channel as well. Uh, you can just search Podcast Alley, or uh, we also have a uh, YouTube channel for the Cannabis 101 podcast, which is uh, an educational podcast when it comes to the, the plant that is legal. And uh, as you mentioned, I love working with Craig, Craig Button. We're going to get back to recording this week with him. So having a lot of fun with the podcast, and I'm glad to see that you joined the uh, podcast world, man, because uh, I, love, uh, I love working with you and I love hearing you. Well, we're going to have to get you back on then and uh, talk about these Oilers once again here because it was a lot of fun. All right, sounds good, man. Thanks. Excellent stuff from Dean Millar. Check him out, Podcast Alley. He's got Tracking the Draft with Craig Button, the Cannabis 101 podcast, as well as Fantasy Hockey Time. Give him a follow on Twitter at Duck Millard. And uh, 
Really great to chat with Dean, uh, someone I worked with for a long time, and uh, he's got some great content out there at Podcast Alley, so definitely go check it out, podcastalley.ca. Let's hop over to our next guest and talk a little daily fantasy sports mixed in with the Edmonton Oilers. He, of course, Jeffrey Ulrich. You can find his work at DraftKings Nation and give him a follow on Twitter at the Fantasy Grind. And Jeffrey, uh, I guess we'll just start off with pumping your tires a little bit. Last week, you brought up Evan Bouchard as someone who might be of good value and what does he do the next game? He scores a goal. So congratulations. You you were very wise with that prediction. But who's going to score for the Oilers on Wednesday night against the Jets? And who's the good value? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, uh, let's see if I can keep the role going here, right? <laughs> Obviously, Bouchard had great timing. Um, it, it was a nice, um, you know, nice thing to catch him there. Uh, he is, he's an emerging player, though. I mean, that, that's kind of what you want to look for in DFS, right? I mean, a lot of the times, call-ups, young rookies getting chances. Uh, there is another player like that on a different team I want to mention before we uh, end today. But, you know, for the Oilers, I mean, uh, you know, they're, they're now with, uh, you know, Neil on waivers and, and stuff like this, I don't know if there's going to be as many surprises coming up. I mean, you might see a guy like Josh Archibald, um, you know, get get a little bit more of a, of a run or something like that. Um, he's a guy who, who can perform in bunches. I'm not going to make him a pick for a goal, but um, – you know, I think if you were to target some value in that top six, it would probably be more uh, someone like Dominic Cahoon, who has you know five points over in over 16 games, not terrible, maybe just what people expected. But he is playing in the top six alongside Drysaddle there, uh, a lot of his minutes. You know, he, he might be a guy who's due for for just like a, a big night. So you know, if I'm going to target anyone over the next couple nights for value, Cahoon would uh, at least be on my at least be on my short list for the Oilers. A lot of buzz about Ethan Bear, who could be potentially making his return to the lineup on Wednesday. Any situation where you think he could be a good value? Yeah, Bear is interesting. I mean, we do have, you know, now Bouchard is, is in the mix. I'm not sure if they're going to bump his minutes up too much. But uh, Bear is always someone I kind of take a look at on DraftKings when his salary is cheap. You know, if he's under 4K, uh, he can contribute. Um, you know, he's not like a huge shots on goal guy, but he does he does average like well over one or, or one and a half per game. Same with shots on goal. He can get up there, uh, average close to two per game. So he's a pretty good fantasy producer in the sense that he does produce in all categories. And that's realistically when you're looking for cheap defensemen, you want guys who can produce in in all three main categories. And Bear does give you that. So you're going to have to wait and see if his price comes down a little bit. If he does come down more to the 3,500 range, he'd definitely be another player from the Oilers. Uh, I keep on the watch list for for big value on like uh, a big slate. So Mike Smith returning to the Oilers lineup so far, uh, looking pretty good out there. With him returning and getting between the pipes, is he more of an option for you if you had to pick an Oilers goaltender between he and Mikko Koskinen? Yeah, I, I honestly was not expecting Mike. I think we talked about Mike Smith, and as good as the Bouchard call was, I think I just said I wasn't expecting much from Mike Smith. So maybe that, that evens <laughs> things out. Because he played, he played fantastic, and, and it's surprising. Um I just did not expect it, but he is a goalie over his career. He's had really hot stretches, right? So uh, maybe we're due for a little Mike Smith action here. And again, I think just given his career history of, of playing these insane stretches of hockey, you know, he basically played himself onto a Team Canada spot and, and stuff like that. I, I would stick with him. Now, I will say this. I do think Mike Smith being around is going to give Miko Koskinen a bump because I think part of the reason why Koskinen did have some issues is he didn't have anyone pushing him. He didn't have anyone to kind of bounce off of for competition purposes. And I think these two Oilers goalies might push each other here in the, in the near future, at least for the next week, to see some good games. Because really I really liked the way Koskinen bounced back as well. Uh, he came in, obviously, after Smith's uh, first game and played really, really well. So 
I think the Oilers goalies are definitely two that you should keep on your list regardless of who's starting uh, in the short term. I had a question come to me, and it was about Daily Fantasy Sports, someone relatively new to it, and said, I, I know guys want you know goals and assists, but is there any other categories that help out on DraftKings? So when you play on DraftKings, you really got to be aware of the, the bonus points that, that are awarded in the point structure. So for skaters, there's a shots on goal bonus. You get five per night at the next three points. That is a big bonus. If, if, you're, if you're targeting skaters, you've really got to look at what their shots on goal rate is and if they're getting a boost in ice time. Obviously, more ice time, more opportunity for shots on goal. For defense, shots on goal matters more, but it's more the block shot category. You want guys who are consistent in that. And most defensemen will pick up the odd block shot, but some are just better at it. Some are just, you know, they're playing more, whether it's because they're playing more or they're just more defensive defensemen. Um, they're just better at it, quite frankly. It is a skill. Um, you know, those are the ones you want to target. They, often you get good value guys under 4K because they're producing the block shots. Three blocked on sh- three block shots gets you the, the three-point blocked on shot bonus. And the last one for goalies, it's the same thing. Um, 35 shots saved, uh, you get a, a five-point uh, shot on goal, or uh, sorry, three-point shots on goal bonus. So it's a big one for goalies as well. And that's why sometimes for goalies too, you can target them on bad teams um, because they're, they're allowing so many shots. It really boosts their upside when you have a big night from uh, a goalie on a bad team. Oftentimes, we'll get that uh, shots on goal bonus along with the win bonus. So, Jeffrey, every week I like to ask you about players around the league you might want to target, but you kind of teased it there. You've got somebody that stands out for you, right? Yeah, no, um, you know, much in the same vein as, as Evan Bouchard. You know, a, a young guy, kind of a rookie, getting his shot. I mean, I, I think you got to look at the um, the Dallas Stars right now, uh, Jason Robertson. Uh, another another cheap player looks like he's going off here. I think he's still priced around twenty seven hundred on Tuesday on DraftKings, uh, getting a, a shot in the top six, playing alongside uh, you know Gurianov on the second line. I, I wouldn't be shocked if the Stars give him a bump to the first line. I mean, Yoel uh, Kivaranta, excuse me, is um, is an interesting player as well, but he's really done nothing in that role. And you know, with with Radulov banged up, uh, I think Robertson is, is is playing better right now. And um, at the very least, he's going to be in the top six there for Dallas for the near future because of their injury situation. So, twenty seven hundred. Um, that was uh, that's definitely a player I got my eye on. Anyone else this week that stands out to you as uh, players people might want to look out for? So you, you know, I mean, looking ahead at the schedule, we do have a lot of teams coming up here that. Um, you know, they've been off breaks. They've been off COVID breaks. You know, I, I forgot the Buffalo Sabres were even in the league until today. Uh, the Devils are kind of in a similar situation. And the, the New York Rangers offense is something I really am, am kind of perplexed by. I mean, this is a team that was fifth in scoring last year. They've been terrible. Like, Mika Zibanejad, excuse me, um, he's got like three points in 13 games. This guy was, you know, well over a point per game the last two years. I think the Rangers' offense comes alive soon, and they, they do have the Devils uh, at least once this week. I, I really want to target Zibanejad and, and that Rangers' offense because I'd rather be a little bit early than too late there to target them. You're getting them at good prices. So that Rangers' top line, I, I expect them to come to life really soon. There's just too much talent there for them not to. I want to ask you about this one. Because Sunday night, I saw the Golden Knights taking on the Colorado Avalanche. I thought, oh right. yeah, this is the one I would be loading up on if I was playing. I ended up not playing, but uh, they do meet Wednesday, Saturday, and then again on Monday. It turned it out to be just a one nothing game. Any reason for concern going forward, or do you think you know that it was just kind of a one off, and they'll go back to their goal scoring ways in the next couple matchups? Yeah. So uh, again, the Avalanche is a perfect example. Another another team coming off along. On a long COVID break, and um, I, I think it, it probably just uh, was a little bit of rust. So 
Um, I think in those situations, I'd be more apt to kind of fade the team coming off the rest. Uh, we've had a couple examples of it now. Buffalo, another team not playing well in their first game back. And I think you will. So I think I'd be more apt to get on the avalanche there. They're a little bit banged up, but, you know, McKinnon's back and um, looks like they got De- Devontae's back as well. So um, I think you'll see more scoring there. I think I'd rather be on the Colorado side in that uh, second game. They've, they've kind of dominated Vegas over the last few years. And, and again, you got to give them like a one-game break there for, for the rust factor. Uh, but uh, I definitely think you'll see more goals there in the second game. Uh, Jeffrey, one final question for you. Let's go away from the hockey world. Outside of the NHL, uh, what are you playing this week for uh, DraftKings? Yeah, so, I mean, obviously we got uh, still go, um, NBA going really strong. Uh, for me, I'm, I'm more of a golf guy. You know, like the, I like the week-in, week-out research you can do, uh, you know, prior to, to the event starting, kind of like football. So, Obviously, NBA going strong uh, if you're more of a nightly guy. But for me, it's, it's all about the golf. Got uh, a big tournament down at the Genesis uh, in, in L.A., Riviera Country Club. Top four players in the world there. So um, that's where I'll be looking. DraftKings really up their uh, GPP, like tournament prize pools for golf now that football's over as well. So definitely something worth checking out. So going into this weekend, uh, any hints for our golf fans out there? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I think Jordan Spieth is playing well, and I think he's at 9,200 this week on DraftKings. I mean, that, that's a player I don't mind sticking on for, for one more week. Um, you know, this West Coast swing, you kind of get players who get in form, and, and they kind of stay hot for a while. So I really do like Spieth uh, staying on him for one more week. Um, Xander Shoffley and Rory McIlroy are, are, are the two other elite players I'd, I'd really like to target there. Shoffley's playing well. Rory's got a fantastic record at Riviera Country Club as well. So for me... Um, you know, Spieth is a little bit better value, but, you know, when I'm anchoring lineups, I'm definitely going to be looking to start with either Shoffley or uh, McElroy. Great stuff, Jeffrey. Really do appreciate it, and we'll talk to you next week. Absolutely, man. Anytime. Excellent stuff from Jeffrey Ulrich, and I should let everyone know that we did hype up Mike Smith a little bit, and that was before Monday's game. So don't fill up my uh, Twitter DMs or anything with complaints about Mike Smith. We talked about that before the game, and... Uh, <laughs> Maybe maybe the expectations came back down to earth just a little bit, but we really do appreciate Jeffrey Ulrich hopping on to the other Connor podcast, and we're going to wrap up today's show with a good friend of mine. He played for the Edmonton Oilers in the NHL. He, of course, works on TSN 1260. He is one half of the Jason Greger Show. You can give him a follow on Twitter at Jason underscore Strudwick. Struddy, how are you doing today? I'm good, I'm good. How are you guys making up? Oh, you know, we're, we're getting by here. The Edmonton Oilers, of course, with a 6-5 loss on Monday evening to the Winnipeg Jets. Struddy, you were on the broadcast on Sportsnet on Monday night, obviously talking about Joey Moss and the big 50-50 draw, raising a lot of money for some of the charities that were close to him. You've shared the stories before, but when it comes to Joey Moss, is there anything that stood out about his time with you guys working for the Edmonton Oilers? You know, I just feel so lucky to have been around him for the three years I was. I know every day seeing him and his energy. It's brought energy to the rink. And I'm a big believer that you need people within a group that bring energy. You know, you're going to have people that have bad days and are going to suck energy out of uh, out of any group like a mosquito does blood out of a human. But you've got to you've got to bring have guys that bring energy. And Joey Moss. He wasn't, you know, he was a, you know, a trainer. He was a coworker, but he was a friend and a teammate that brought the energy. And I loved seeing him. I loved every day being in there. And I know there's not one player who ever even looked at a, who wore the other jersey or played for the Edmonton football team that didn't feel the same way. 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, we saw the outpouring of support when he had fortunately passed away last October. I know we on TSN 1260 did a pretty awesome job bringing in former guests, and uh, the sentiment was all the same. So very good on the Edmonton Oilers for raising a lot of money for some of his favorite charities, and uh, we'll get the updated number later on here on the podcast. Strutty, the game tonight. Now, obviously a tough one for the Edmonton Oilers and Mike Smith, not the night he would have liked to have. But when you're a player in front of a goalie going through that and he gets the pull, sometimes we see that there's a little bit of motivation from that. And obviously the Edmonton Oilers start to play a little bit better. When that happens and you're playing in front of a goalie and it's partly your fault, the play hasn't been quite as strong, are are you just trying to get your team back into the game and, and, you know, maybe avoid him taking that L? Yeah, it's a wake-up call. I mean, you, you don't want to embarrass your goalies, right? I mean, it's it's funny. You know, there's two goalies on the team, and you always want to protect them, and you want them to, to do well because oftentimes they get more than their share of the blame, right? Um, and, and it's unfair. So, I, you know, I thought Mike Smith tonight, I didn't like the third goal, but other than that, you know, the owners are a little careless with the puck, and uh, they paid for it on with a really good team there. So, you know, when the goalie gets pulled, you're like, okay, guys, like, that's embarrassing. we got to get ourselves going. Um, and then you don't want the other, the next goalie to go in to feel the same thing. So, you know, the owners kind of found a little bit of more jump and got going. But, you know, i got to say, Connor, I, I get a little... Um, I, don't, I get I get frustrated here. People saying, "Well, that was an entertaining game." I, the outcome doesn't matter. It was an entertaining game. You know, these are Oilers fans, and I, I understand what they're saying. Like I, I get the the feeling, but for me, winning is more important than being entertained. You know, like that might have been the two points Oilers needed to secure a playoff spot at the end of the year. So when we look back, and, and you kind of go through the the games, you're like, okay, tonight was a very winnable game. Hellebuck had a good game, but he wasn't. He didn't build a wall. Um, you know, the owner scored five goals, five, and he'll probably have scored a couple more, uh, especially at the end of the game there. And they aren't able to win at home. Um, it's disappointing. So, oh, it's uh, entertaining. I'm, I'm so entertained. Good, because you know what? That might have been a two points to knock the owners out of playoffs at the end of the year. So you can be entertained watching someone else play in the spring. Well, you know, you're right. You're right. And I think I've probably uttered those words. Well, at least it was a fun game to watch. But especially <laughs> in this season, like, you're right. It's, it's a four-point game every night. It's it's all divisional matchups. And with how tight it probably is going to be from the five to two spot, you're right. You're right. And it's it has got to be a little bit frustrating for those players scoring five goals, giving up six, a game that they probably could have won. But, um Early on in that game, at when it was one nothing, Darnell Nurse dropped the gloves. You're someone who's done that in the past. Now, Darnell Nurse obviously has become very important for this Oilers team. Are you glad to see him drop the mitts in that situation? Yeah, you know what? It, that Lowry's a big guy. I didn't realize yeah. he was that much bigger than uh, the Nurse. Like he looked really big. Uh, and Darnell, he's a tough guy, so there's no problem. You know, I think I don't know. Like, I, I didn't. I was I was actually at the game watching, so I I didn't get the sense that it was. Um, he was trying to turn the the, the fortunes. I think it was gener- uh, actually two guys upset. There was a really long scrum right in front of the Jets bench, um, where the puck wasn't moving, and there was it looked like there was about five or six players involved in it. And then those two kind of locked horns on the way off, and maybe they gave each other a cross check, and they went. So I think it was just one of those spur of the moment things. I don't think it was, uh, hey, I'm going to turn the turn the tide of the game. But you know, Darnell, it's, he's very unique amongst NHL defensemen because there aren't a lot of players 
Uh, they can fight almost anyone in the league and still play 25 to 30 minutes at night. So, you know, he, he does what he does. And, um, you know, I, I, that's one of the things that, you know, we all really like about Darnell and his game. I love the play that he makes on the Kyler Yamamoto goal. Holds it on the blue line, just a little hesitation to make sure he gets that shot through. Is that something he would have done earlier on in his career, or do you think that's something he's developed? I think what it is it's confidence, you know, and and you know he, a good a good guy to watch is uh, Barry. Barry does that all the time, where he kind of fakes down and pulls out and step takes a step to the left and gets the shot through. You know, Ethan Barry, we've seen him start to add that into his game. He scored a goal last year against Detroit doing that on the blue line. Um, so for Darnell, he's watching other guys and feeling confident. Um, you know, I even saw a play tonight where. Uh, the puck was dumped in their zone, and, and the Jet player was going to get it. I think it was actually Lowry, ironically. But, you know, a lot of guys would just chase him down. But what he did is he took a, ch- a check over his shoulder to see where everyone else was on the ice while still following Lowry. And that's just a nice, like, he's just taking a read. Okay, are we in, is this a bad situation? How do I have to play this? And I really like that. That's just a sign of maturity from a young defenseman. And I guess not so young, but, you know, a guy, you're always adding little wrinkles to your game. And by doing, you know, either the play at the blue line you're talking about or going back and checking your shoulder on the defensive play, you're just getting a read of what's going off the game. Strutty, it wasn't the start the team wanted, obviously, uh, giving up a bunch of goals early on. Prior to tonight's game, they had won three straight, and then they had three days off. Are there challenges that come along with having a three days off? Like, I know you like the rest and get a little more time to practice, but can it be tough to find your feet early on in the game? Yeah, you know what, it can be. And then just, especially when the other team is maybe feeling a little bit, like they're they're kind of, you know, juiced up and ready to go. Um, but, you know, you, you want to come out and have a good start and want to be solid. And I didn't think the orders, I, I, you know, I didn't think they played that bad to start, but the pucks were kind of going against them. And I think it's a little bit of that carelessness of the puck that, that, that we saw kind of throughout the game. And um, unfortunately, for the orders, it cost them two points tonight. So now they got to regroup. they got to get these two points now on uh, Wednesday, a little bit later, 8 o'clock start, I think. But they've got to find a way to, to get back and get those two points. Um, because, like, But it won't be as easy tonight. You know, look at the scores. It's been 4-2, 6-4, and 6-5. I think we're looking at a much lower scoring game on Wednesday. As tip, it's going to be like, guys, we can't give up these goals. We gotta, we, if we score five goals in NHL, we should be able to win the game. So your coach Tippett, Wednesday night, do you go back to Mike Smith to try to redeem himself, or is it Miko Koskinen? Yeah, I go with Mike Smith. You know, that guy is, if nothing else, he's a battler. And he's going to be pissed off about the way it went. And uh, I, I find, you know, I've found in the past that that, that um, what's the right word, like that, that, uh, that energy kind of permeates through the group. So I think we can see Mike Smith back in there and, uh, you know, give him another chance to, to, to battle and battle through it and uh, get a win for the winners. And the rest of the team is going to be better in front of them, better defensively and just a little less casual at the puck. They were, they were pretty casual with that uh, Laronel in their own zone too often. I know you're probably pretty heartbroken. Uh, we don't have an update on William Legison, but he <laughs> left the game. I know that's your guy. Do you think it's as simple as just throwing Ethan Bear in there? We know he practiced and he's getting closer to a return. Turn, but is he someone that can be replaced easily with the depth that the Oilers have right now? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, well, yeah, well, the Oilers have depth, there's no doubt. Um, you know, yeah, I think Ethan Bear, if he's ready to go, you know, we, you know, we're not sure exactly what the issue was, but um, if he's able to come back and play, you know, then, then, then he naturally takes that spot. And then you get to the four righties. And then this is, you know, everyone, oh, they got to have the pack movers, all the pack movers. So you'll get the pack movers in there. And then uh, we'll see how it goes. You know, a lot of run and gun, and I'll be interested to see how that shakes out as they uh, 
you know, because I'm guessing he will. He'd be obviously there if he's able to play the next guy. If not, then I think it's um, Caleb Jones. But maybe you see a change on the back end, no matter what. Maybe Caleb Jones goes in for Slater Cuckoo. Struddy, I want to ask you about Neil Pionk for the Winnipeg Jets. I thought he did a really good job on Connor McDavid. I mean, I think the team, uh, the Jets as a whole, did a really good job. But what do you think of Neil Pionk's game? Really good game. I thought he was, he really stood out for me on that blue line. Um, and he, I thought he really punctuated his night with just absolutely running over uh, or squishing dry saddle onto the wall at the end of the game with about a minute 45 left. Um, but he's, you know, he's, he's gritty. Um, he moves the puck well, confident in what we just talked about with Darnell. He makes plays on the blue line. Um, but he's really, he's really solid, really solid defenseman uh, for them. But what he does is he skates well, and he stayed close to the other's top guns. If you talk about Connor McDavid, you do not want to give that guy space. You know, it's counterintuitive because everyone thinks you've got to back up because he's going to burn you. But if you stay close to him, he can't get the speed going in the first place. I thought Pionk played a really good game, and it was a big difference maker for them tonight. Just a couple more for you, Struddy. I want to ask you about the job that Dave Tippett has done so far this year. And obviously, with the taxi squad, not easily trying to balance, you know, getting guys into the lineup, but also fielding the the best squad that you can. How do you think he's done, you know, rotating guys, and particularly with that bottom six? He seemed to have the touch, you know, and he's created a, a line with Jujar that looks really serviceable. Tyler Ennis has come in very motivated. Same with Jujar. When Short comes in, he's noticeable. Um, you know, Chase on tonight finds the two goals. So, you know, I think maybe that, 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 that line gets shooken up. You know, I, I think Tyler Ennis, if I look, I think he played less than seven minutes. Um, you know, you might see a situation if, if a Gaetan Haas is ready, um, where, where, where Kyle Turris takes a night to, to kind of sit back and just kind of evaluate where his game's at. So, um, you know, he, he seems to have a, a touch and an idea of what everyone can bring uh, to the lineup and, and, and trying to motivate guys with ice time. And they're, they're understanding, like, if I don't play well, and I'm, I'm, not, you know, I'm not talking about scoring goals, but just bringing energy and making a difference, uh, this, this group, you're not going to play. You're going to be out of the lineup uh, rather quickly. Yeah, you're right, Struddy. Uh, 6.53, I believe, was the time that he played, so not much time there. What do you think about James Neal? You know, is, is this a guy that we're going to see in and out of the lineup throughout this season, or do you think he bounces back and kind of gets uh, back into his groove? I think James is a guy that, um, you know, he's he was he was a good skater um, when he came in the league, and, you know, things have evolved a bit, and everyone's kind of, you know, getting quicker and faster. Um, but I think he sells value for this group. Um, and, and uh, you know, I, I, I wonder if Tippett's not saying, okay, we're trying to try to keep him fresh here, uh, keep his, you know, so he can keep, keep getting into the play, keep getting his feet moving. Um, but I, I think he brings a cockiness to this lineup that they need. I think he and, and Smith do that. The goaltender, Mike Smith, do it. I think Darnell Nurse brings some of that cockiness. Um, obviously, you know, the top guys do as well. But they need someone on that bottom six. I think that he brings that. I think our Josh Archibald, um, really impressed with his game too. Like he, you know, over the fear, physical, killing penalties, brings energy. Uh, that's your job. You know, he's, he's scored a couple goals now. I, I believe two of them are empty netters. But, you know, still, like he, he's finding a way to, to, to impact the game uh, and that's really important so yeah to answer your question I think James Neal will, will probably be in and out a little bit of the lineup um, and if he gets a hot streak on a heater he'll be in there for a, a longer point of time well Struddy thanks so much for hopping on the podcast here tonight hopefully the Oilers can bounce back on Wednesday when they take on the Jets once again you have a great night and we'll uh, talk to you I guess depending on what time people are listening to this podcast later on you got it buddy I'll talk to you then 
Excellent stuff from Jason Strudwick of TSN 1260. Give him a follow on Twitter at Jason underscore Strudwick. And that is going to wrap it up for us here on the other Connor podcast. Of course, the Edmonton Oilers are back in action on Wednesday evening when they take on the Winnipeg Jets. Puck drop just after 8 o'clock. If you are looking for some pregame coverage, make sure you tune into TSN 1260. Tom Gazzola, former NHLer Matt Cassian, and myself will have you covered from 6 until 8. And uh, then on Friday, we'll have a new edition of the Other Connor podcast dropping, of course, the Oilers home and home with the Calgary Flames on Friday, Saturday. So we'll set that one up. I've got a few things in the works as well for some Oilers alumni. And uh, yeah, we've got some fun stuff coming up, potentially even some giveaways. So make sure you tune into the next edition of the Other Connor podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. One more time, big thanks to Jeffrey Ulrich, Dean Millard, and Jason Strudwick. And another thank you to our sponsor, DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app and sign up using the code THPN. New users get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Once again, I'm Connor Halley. Give me a follow on Twitter at Connor Halley. And we will talk to you next time on the Other Connor Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the Other Connor Podcast. New shows drop every Tuesday and Friday wherever you get your podcasts from.